Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And the offseason has officially begun. Uh, I'm here with uh, Daniel Reinhardt. What's up, Finn fans? And Louis Rigoni. Hey, Dolphins. How you doing? We got a coaching staff or a half a coaching staff, right? Super well, we, have, we actually have a coaching staff, except for a quarterback coach and a secondary coach. Mm-hmm. And we sure in the hell need a coaching a uh, quarterback coach, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're <laughs> looking for somebody special. They're turning over every rock, you know? Yeah. What do you think of the job uh, McDaniel has done putting together the staff? Uh, I mean, he pulled in Wes Welker. He pulled in uh, John Ombre. I don't know much about Ambre. I, uh, you know, he pulled uh, Matt Applebaum out of Boston College to coach the offensive line, and uh, today it was announced that uh, Frank Smith is going to be our offensive coordinator. He's coming from the Chargers, mm-hmm. and uh, he's done some work there. You know, he's he's got a, a history with tight ends and offensive lines. What was his job in San Diego, Mike? I just told you, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah. Did Running he say game San coordinator. Diego? And then I followed him up. I might have said there. San Diego. And Running so game coordinator, I. offensive line coach. Yep. He was. So, okay, so now he's our coordinator, offensive coordinator. Very good. Yeah, you know, and so uh, what do you guys think of the staff they put together? Now, in defense, it's mostly stayed the same. They, they got rid of Alexander from the secondary, and they need to replace him. But uh, aside from that, the coaches on defense are – Pretty much the same. Uh, Anthony Campanelli is going to coach, I guess, all four linebackers, whereas last year they had an inside linebacker coach and an outside linebacker coach. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it it kind of is. So anyway, um, so what do you guys think, Daniel? I, it's really hard to tell. I mean, there's going to be some of these guys that we don't, I don't know much about. Period. You just kind of got to look at their history. There's a piece of nostalgic when bringing in Wes Welker that makes me happy. And it appears like the players on San Francisco are are not happy to lose Wes Welker. 
So I'm excited to have him here to help install the offense that McDaniel is going to run. You look at a guy like Frank Smith, and it's interesting. Um, It's very interesting because we know that one of the keys, we talked about it on the last episode, one of the keys is going to be fixing that offensive line. And now not only do we have, uh, you know, an offensive line coach, but we've also got an offensive coordinator who specializes in that. And when you look at this guy's history, he worked with the New Orleans Saints for a number of years, and we know that they've had a great offensive line for a long time. The other interesting factoid that I found about Frank Smith today is he has a connection to Sean McVay, and everybody always immediately moves those guys Like they've got some sort of supernatural flavor that people don't understand, but he was actually a graduate assistant with Miami of Ohio when Sean McVay was a freshman. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's there. So (laughs) I have, I have high hopes that these guys that he is bringing in are great teachers of the game of football. We need that, but it's, we don't really know. We have no idea what to expect from these guys. Frank Smith has never been an offensive coordinator. We have the guy coming up from Boston College. So Wes Welker is a nostalgic piece I really like. These other guys are kind of question marks. I like the fact that guys are coming over with him, right? Guys that have worked with him before. So that's telling in itself, right? I mean, you know, when Flores came over, there were a few coaches that came over with him, right? So, you know, the fact that Welker is moving over from a really good football team and a few other guys have come over with him as well from that staff is a positive, I think. You know, they want to work with him. And, um, you know, again, when you leave a team like San Francisco who was on the verge of making the Super Bowl, that tells you a lot about how they feel about, um, you know, our head coach. So I like that. You know, on the defensive side, which Daniel didn't really touch on, uh, there's some question marks. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of reports this week in regard to, uh, you know, the fact that Boyer's staying, that the, the guys are either happy or unhappy. We've heard confli- conflicting stories. We don't know what the truth is, but it's going to be telling going forward. I think, you know, how these guys, um, you know, approach this whole thing as far as staying or leaving um, that's going to be telling in the fact that, um, you know, who was, uh, you know, who, who they, who they sided with in regard to what's going on, because it seems like on that defensive side, there, there's, uh, you know, two different sides of the story there. And we don't know what the truth is at this point. So I think on the offensive side, we're getting to a point where, you know, we're in really good shape. I think, you know, as Daniel mentioned, We've got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of question marks there, but I think these guys are all going to do a really good job. Even though there are question marks, these guys haven't done per se exactly what they're going to be doing with us. I think that they, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're good fits for, for a young team like this. And, um, you know, I like that on the defensive side, I think there's, there's going to be some question marks, you know, especially if the reports about Boyer you know, losing um, the ability to call plays on defense is accurate as well. You know, I, I, we, we just don't know what the truth is. And, um, you know, that I'm a little bit concerned with. Yeah, I wouldn't lose sleep over it, Lewis. You know, yeah. uh, I've heard, like you said, reports going both ways. I've seen on, you know, Instagram where players are supporting Boyer. 
so you don't know what the truth is. But uh, bottom line is this. I'm sure that it's something that McDaniel is going to be watching. And if something needs to change, something will change. Yeah, yep. and I, I didn't touch much on it because I wanted to give you the first shot. I, I do agree with you that we have no clue what the truth is. But I, I know that I had said early when we, when we first let Flores go that I liked the idea of keeping Boyer and Crossman. And we talked privately, Mike, about what it looks like when we play a, a really good QB. Well, one of the things we did was get rid of the, the secondary coach which did cause some ruffle, uh, ruffled feathers from, from what I understand. But I like the fact that we kept Boyer and Crossman in particular. Our special teams has been very good. Yeah, and, I mean, personally, I would have rather they uh, hired Rizzy back, but I hear Sure. You. I mean, Rizzy, we, we missed Rizzy. You know, it was sad to see he him He was go. out there, they could have. When, when Flores left, it was sad to see him go. But I do like Crossman, and I think the continue, continuity with having Boyer and Crossman there is going to be a good thing for us. Lewis, any other thoughts? Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, you know, the thing that concerns me are are the comments that come out, like you know, uh, you know, we're not going to win. Who was the veteran that came out a couple weeks ago and said something to that effect that he wants to go somewhere where he's got a shot at you know getting into the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl? We don't know who made that comment, right? Everybody no, assumed it was, you know, it was X Man, right? Yeah, that's that was the talk, and who knows? Um, you know, Howard will be grumpy until he gets a new contract. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I the mean, report. The report is Ogba doesn't want to resign, but how do we really know that? You don't exactly. We don't exactly. So you know, if in fact we lose Ogba and we lose Gasicki. Right, those are two of the bigger guys that are free agents. Um, we're gonna have some money, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the positive to it. I mean, that's do we want to lose our two best defensive players? By no means, but you know, the positive that comes out of that is you know you've got a lot of money there, you know, on well, the table. And then you bring up Gasicki, which also we should say as well that Frank Smith has coached tight ends for a long time. He's Part of the uh, coaching staff, he was the the tight end coach for the Raiders when Darren Waller took a huge step forward. So regardless of if it's Gasicki or we bring in a free agent, our offensive coordinator knows what he's doing at that position as well. Mm -hmm. Well, we saw a rookie tight end last year come in and and not really do a whole lot. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Didn't do much of anything at all. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, maybe there's, maybe there's a little bit of handwriting there, you know, that, uh, uh, they felt the change there needed to be made and then, uh, he can help him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know how important the tight end position has been to the San Francisco 49ers for a long time. We talked about that on the last episode of what they do with their tight end to create their opportunities on offense. Yeah, Sure. We asked uh, the members for questions, and we got a bunch. So a let's bunch. Go. Let's Did we get, get any good ones? Well, I think so. I think so. Um, let's go ahead and tackle a few of these. Um, do you guys think letting go of Alexander, uh, the defense will regress since the ownership was so involved in keeping the current staff? I don't 
know that the ownership being so involved with the decisions has anything to do with whether we regress in that department or not. It's all going to depend on which DB coach that McDaniel can get to come in. I mean, obviously, and I just touched on it too, we had struggles against the best QBs that we played last year. And part of that was the the scheme that they were handling in the back of the defensive backfield. So I liked Alexander. I think the players did as well, but it's way too early to tell. Yep. It's much better to answer that after the fact. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. play this game, you know, halfway through the season. Yep. If there was a draft board for head coaches, uh, who are Miami's top three? And I'm going to answer this real quick. I, I believe pretty strongly it was Quinn, McDaniel, and then Moore. Yeah, seems right. Yeah, Peterson, they never even brought in for an interview. No. So, you know, he wasn't even part of the uh, equation. So, you know, I mean, that that's that's pretty accurate, you know, for the most part. I mean, you know, and if we were looking at it, we already voiced our opinions on right. this a couple of weeks ago. So yep. there's no need to, um, you know, to, to go down that road again. Go Did ahead. anybody pat me on the back for having McDaniel number one? No. No. You can pat yourself we on don't the do back. That here. You're we pretty don't do good that at here. that. We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's, here's one that could take two. a half hour to answer or just two minutes. It just depends how you want to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. What needs to happen this season for it to be considered a success? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> a success, huh? Um, it depends on if you're talking about team or individual. Well, you have to be talking about team, right? <laughs> the team, right. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't want to hear anything about Tua. Because it, it's it's a team game. Tua right now obviously is is our biggest question mark always. You know, I mean, I'd put him ahead of the offensive line above any position on this football team. I mean, plain and simple, he's the key to it. You know, and uh, you know that's the bottom line. I mean, th this team can get better at other positions and in different situations, but. You know, it's it's inevitably going to come down to him and whether he can compete with these playoff teams. Um, you know, I think the defense is playoff caliber. Okay, if in fact they don't lose the guys we have already mentioned in the show. With that being said, it falls upon the offense, and I'll tell you, they're bringing in all these coaches, which we've already talked about. Um, I'm sure they're going to bring in more offensive uh, players that are upgrades from what we have right now. So what does it fall on at that point? It does fall on Tua, but the team as a whole has to make the playoffs. I mean, when you, you know, when you get to the point where we were at the last two years on the, on the right there, I mean, we were right there. We were maybe a game away both seasons. One went away from making the playoffs. You have to make the, uh, Tua has to get to a point where, we make the playoffs because the window is closing, guys. It's that simple. We talk about this every year. You know, Baker's a year older. Or some of these other guys are a year away from having to be re-signed. So, Howard. Yeah, Howard, absolutely. I mean, those guys have to, assuming they come back, it's on the offense next year. They have to step up. And, um, you know, if they don't make the playoffs next year and take that, that step, then to me, it's, you know, it, it's just another, you know, it's another season added to the 20 that we've had prior to where, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're just treading water year in and year out. Same boat. Yeah. Uh, I think, 
it, uh, go ahead, Daniel. Nope, I'm going to let you talk. You are the man here, Mike. Do it. I think it's tough to ask a first-year coach to reach the playoffs, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. Um, I think it's going to depend on the amount of turnover that they actually have. Um, I do expect a lot of turnover on the offensive line because I think they have to. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I, I think we'll have a better idea once once the season begins and we see what the roster is, uh, what our expectations should be for it to be considered a success. At least that's my opinion. Well, yeah, real for, quick, Daniel, and then I'll you know let, let me just uh, address what Mike just said, Mike. He's walking, he is a first year coach, right? But he's walking into a much better position than Flores did a couple of years ago, right? And Agreed. you saw Flores have us right on the verge of the playoffs the last two years. Um, he's, he's walking into a pretty good position. I mean, this team is much more talented than they were when Flores came in. On As defense. On offense, they, on a de- yeah, on yeah, defense, they haven't right? got a whole lot better on offense. No, on offense, they have some players, though. They do. I mean, I think Hunt. I think Waddle, I think Parker, if he's healthy, they have some players and you've invested in Tua. So, you know, you've got guys in position. You know, they just got to go out. They've got to play. The offensive lineman like Eichenberg, you can throw him in the mix. You know, he was a rookie last year. So they, they have addressed it. They just have to get more there, more. They have to add to what they have. And, um, you know, again, you know, he is walking into a better position. And, you know, he's been there. Daniel mentioned this um, in a couple of podcasts to where he comes from a winning organization. Guys that, you know, that team's been there. He knows what it takes. And I think, you know, those are all the positives, you know, in in regard to him being a first-year coach and us making the playoffs. He's got a lot more talent to work with. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. Okay. So here, Lou, you hit it at the very beginning of your point of why I said Rather, we're talking about individual or we're talking about team. Because there's going to be some individuals that need to perform better for us to have team success. So, and you you talked briefly about Tua. But one of my biggest things here is we have to see our offensive line take a step forward if we want to have our team be successful this year. I do think that he has an opportunity to take this team to the playoffs, like Mike said. I do think that he has an opportunity to make this offense look better, like Lou is is, uh, alluding to and saying that we need to be better. And let me give you just a quick rundown here. We were 22nd in the league in points forced, or points four, 25th in yards, and 23rd in average drive time. If we can improve all three of those things to somewhere between 12th and 16th, 12th, and 18th be right in the middle of the league, I think we're a playoff team. And so if we can make those individuals improve just enough to be able to create a middle-of-the-league scoring offense, a team that creates longer drives and holds the ball and, you know, obviously racks up the yardage, we're going to be a team that ends up in the playoffs. You're, you guys are putting the cart before the horse. Well, you I'm got just to saying get that's, players first. That's how that's how we're going to be as successful. That's how our season is going to be successful. And then I also wanted to just point out, Mike, you said that there's going to be a lot of turnover on the offensive line. Yes. Uh, now, are, is it going to be free agents who are guys that you know can do it, or is it going to be draft picks who have to you know learn the game and and you know take we're a little longer to going progress? To see some. I, I agree. But I, we have a lot of youth on that offensive line. 
And they're bringing in the coaches right now to try to turn that around. It's, it's going to be hard for me to see them put more than two new pieces on that line. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Daniel, on that. I don't think, Mike, we're going to see a bunch of changes. I yeah. think that, you know, Austin Jackson may lose his, his position at the Jesse guard. Jesse Davis. And Jesse Davis. But you better I think, replace that center, too. I don't, I'm not so sure, Mike. Well, we'll I think, see. you know, I think that Dieter, um, you know, he did an adequate job last year. And I think with the coaching coming in, I think they're going to give him another shot. Unless, of course, you know, that center that we talked about in last, the last podcast. Lenderbaum, podcast, baby. Lenderbaum, uh, you know, falls to us for some crazy reason. But the point is, is that, you know, our offense as a whole, we have to improve it, as Daniel said. Does Fangio's apparent decision not to come to Miami indicate that those with options don't view Miami as a credible landing spot? Ooh, gosh, that, if that's the case, it hurts. But I think, I think Lou has been saying that for a number of weeks, that maybe these guys who have more experience and, you know, I guess now you can put it in the fact that they have options that they see us as a less than superior opportunity. I don't know that's the case, but it definitely can be. It could be, and it hurts if it's the case. Yeah, I mean all all the, you know, all the nonsense that that has surrounded the team will definitely hurt. I mean, you know, if I was an individual as a coach in the NFL and I'm looking at this organization and I'm looking at you know, what they've been doing for the last 20 years, I'd, I'd sway away. This, they wouldn't be my first choice by no means. I mean, because there's better options out there. I mean, if you go job hunting, you're always looking for the best option, right? So you look at this team and, you know, how many positives come from it? You know, I mean, financially, there are some, you know, there are some positives you know, um, working here in Florida, but past that, you know, the organization itself there, you know, you look around the league, there's better options, you know, uh, anywhere you turn. So, you know, there's a few teams that are probably in, probably in a worse position than we are, but you know, once all this stuff came out with Flores and, you know, and, and all this nonsense back and forth, what Ross is doing, you know, it, it definitely sways coaches away from coming here. You know, I, I would think it would. Especially a veteran coach like the gentleman we were just talking about. And to be fair, we don't know that Fangio said no. Yes. Uh, it just, uh, you know, obviously people can assume that. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Has Miami valued size over ability to their detriment in their assessment and drafting of offensive lineman uh, personnel? Yeah, I think they've done it overall. You know, running back position. You know, you look at... I, I don't know what their thought process is. You know, you've got a small guy in Tua. You got to surround them with, you know, with with some uh, big individuals, right? Right. You know, guys that you know that are powerhouses. You know, f uh, running backs. You know, get some physical guys in there. I mean, you look around our team as a whole, even the receivers. You know, they're, you know, you drafted Waddle. He's not. A, he's not a physical guy. You know, you look at other teams and the way the receivers block and. And their physicality down the field, you know, bringing in passes. And, you know, again, we, talk, we talked about Gusecki and his, 
his uh, inability to be physical on the field. And yeah, Mike, absolutely. You know, the offensive line, you know, Austin Jackson, Davis, these type of guys, I mean, you know, they're just not getting it done physically. So well, yeah. He's I, asking, have we valued size over athletic ability? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I think that they've just, um, they haven't evaluated their, their draft picks. Mike, they, this team, the physicality, and they, they may draft big guys. You know, you got to look at the overall package. And, you know, regardless of whether they're physical or, or big or, or they're finesse-type guys, they've made mistakes over and over again with their draft picks. And that, that's what it boils down to. I don't think we can really sit here and, um, you know, define – uh, one reason or the other as to why these guys aren't panning out. They're just not, you know, they're just not getting the job done when they're evaluating their, their, their draft picks. Well, Hunt is a pretty big guy and he showed he has some potential. Kinley is a pretty big guy and he hasn't. So, Correct. you know, it's, it's hit and miss. And, and How we'll big is to- Jackson? I'm sorry not to cut you off. He's pretty big, right? Yeah, but I, I don't think he's as big as the other two. Yeah, not the same. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, he's not as big. I actually but, love this question because okay. what you're really thinking about when you're looking at have they done that or not is what were they trying to do with uh-huh. the offensive line? Was they trying to be a road grading team? Because if that was the case, they sure didn't show it with the running game. Were they right. trying to be a team that would get on the outside or one that would really focus? And, and here's my biggest the biggest caveat for me on this, Tua is an RPO specialist, right? So you're going to need to have some guys who are a little bit uh, more athletic, but that's not exactly the profile that they drafted behind. And now moving forward, you really have to look at that because McDaniel comes from a zone scheme offense, one that wants to get outside and make one cut. So these guys are really going to have to be more athletic, uh, finer-tuned athletes, and uh, have very quick feet to be able to stay out ahead of the running back. It's going to be very interesting to see how much that offensive line changes in not only scheme but personnel. And actually, that makes me think Mike's point is maybe even a little bit more valid because they may not have the type of athlete on the on the front end there that they're going to be looking for in the future. Right. I mean, you know, they're – we Daniel, before you rejoin the show, I talked about this over and over again during podcasts that their philosophies after drafting drafting to it just didn't make sense. Yep. They didn't go out and get the people around him that would make him a better quarterback. Their draft picks just didn't make a lot of sense. You know, if you're drafting a guy like Tua, then surround him with the type of people that he's gonna that, that that's gonna help him. And they just have not done that for whatever reason. And there's been opportunities. And that's where, you know, the frustration sets in is that they've had the ability to get guys in here and they went in different directions that just didn't make a lot of sense oh, philosophically. to help him. I, yeah. You know, beyond that, I don't think there was much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was the plan? Right. What, what right. was the plan? And, and if there was a plan, why didn't we stick to it? And it's, I was just going to say the same thing, Mike. Waddle is the most clear definition of being brought in to help Tua. Um, I was on the Jamar Chase train, but he was, he's not the same type of athlete that Waddle is and would not have helped Tua the way that Waddle has or will. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm in between on that one, yeah. Daniel. Well, Chase I, is I an think, amazing talent, but he's not the in and out, behind the line of scrimmage, four two guy that Waddle is. I think Chase can do whatever is asked of him. Uh, you know, I'll be on, and he's, you know, he's physical. On top of that, I mean, you know, listen, you know, it, it's a matter of opinion, and you know, I think that you know, as as, as we go forward. In their careers, you know, I think that, um, you know, right now you would have to say that, you know, Chase probably, you know, he's in a better position, obviously. Exactly. You know, when you look at him and you look at, you know, what he does, even on, you know, passes. I I mean, Daniel, listen, I watched him take, you know, five-yard passes and and take it to the house. You know, he did it a few times. So he's capable of doing it at any point anywhere on the field. So. It's debatable, you know, um, you know, that situation, but absolutely. Waddle was definitely brought in, you know, to help Tua and, you know, past that, you know, we'll see, you know, I think this, again, you know, we keep going back to our new head coach. I think that, you know, his thought process is going to be to, you know, help him as much as possible. And, you know, whether Tua is here the year after or not, regardless of, of who is quarterbacking us, it's going to be a benefit to them, you know, having this head coach in here and his offensive mind. And I won't keep talking about players we don't have, but I guess my point was best deep ball catcher in the league versus challenged ball thrower. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yep. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NBA it's too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet just $1 at any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets. If they win, you win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. All right, based on the state of the roster and where we're slated to draft, what position should be prioritized with draft picks and what should be bolstered through free agency? Um, We've already, (laughs) we've touched on this over and over again. Yep. So, you know, we don't have to keep ask, you know, answering that type of question, but you know, we offensive we, line, offensive line, offensive line. Offensive <laughs> line, offensive line, offensive line. I mean, listen, DB if you know, X is gone, tight end if Kasiki is gone. And a receiver. T- 
tight end, I think, is, you know, whether Gasicki comes back or not, Daniel. Um, yeah, true. You know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, you're going to probably lose Smythe. I don't think we re-sign both of those guys. And if you do that, you know, you're left with uh, Hunter Long, who's a question mark. So Adam Shaheen. You know, and Shaheen. Shaheen's still under contract next year, right? Yep. Okay, so, you know, you're not in horrible shape. I mean, Shaheen kind of took a step back this year, which was interesting. Because he had a nice, solid season, you know, two years back. And yep. this past year, he, it was kind of like not around. Yep. You know, you didn't see a lot of them. It was, you know, it was basically Smythe and, and Gasecki, and a lot of Smythe. You know, I think Smythe will be a big loss to this team because I think he's the type of guy that, um, you know, maybe they wind up re-signing him and let Gasecki walk. I mean, that'd be interesting, right? I could see Could it. happen. Yeah, could, could happen. Could happen. He's a little bit more rounded than Gasicki is. For me, I think in free agency, they're just going to target. They're going to target the guys that fit their scheme the best, whether that's on the defensive side or the offensive side of the ball. And I think that any time when you're in the draft, you should draft for best position available. I just think mm-hmm. that that's the way you should do it. You always need ta- the most talented guys at every position, regardless of position. So. Agreed. And where we're drafting, keep in mind, guys, I mean, it's very late in the first round. And, um, you know, at that point, to your point just now, Daniel, I think you take the most talented guy, regardless of whether it's a, you know, a position need. You don't want to reach, you know, because we've done way too much of that. You know, you get a guy that is, you know, if he's the best running back on the board, and, you know, you know, he's the best running back coming out of the draft and he's still on the board or the best center or whatever the case may be, you snatch him. Linebacker, yep. you just grab him and that's it. You know, even if it's a, a position that may be one of our strengths, you know, um, you know, and I don't know if we really, ha- if you look around this team, guys, I mean, we can use players at pretty much every position, right? Linebacker, um, if in the secondary, you know, you can always use people. Um, especially with, you know, Needham's position and well, X-Man. they some and, free agents. Uh, Jamal yeah. Perry's a free agent. Needham's a free agent. So they right. have to resign those guys if they're going to uh, go that route. Exactly. And X-Man's a big question mark at this point. So the secondary, as good as they are, you know, that you, you could possibly get, you know, a real solid guy there. The defensive line, same thing. You know, Agba. Uh, you know, big question mark. Offensive line we discussed, tight end, wide receiver, running back. I mean, every position, guys. So to Daniel's point, you you draft the best guy there, period. We'll talk you know, the most talented. We'll talk I mean, March is right around the corner, so we'll talk much more about free agency and, and the draft. But let me just say this to round it out. When you draft for best position available and you get the guys that help your team, you allow yourself more flexibility in free agency the next time somebody needs to be paid. The idea, guys, is you use free agency to fill your needs and then you draft best player available. Yes. Yep. Exactly, Mike. Perfect. Well said. I said that in a long roundabout way. What is the top position that needs to be addressed? We all know every position needs looking at, but which one is most important, especially since two is a lefty? Well, <laughs> QB, offensive line, offensive line, offensive are, line. Are we talking about in free agency in the draft? Or are we talking about just like for improvement? He didn't specify. He okay. just says what top, what is the top line position that needs to be addressed? And they all, they all need to be addressed. Yeah. 
The offense. Oh, he's talking about the offensive yeah. line position. I got you. Oh, yes. oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Maybe maybe I misread it. I did it, too. Yeah, I did uh, too. Yeah. It says, what is the top line position that needs to be addressed? Okay. We all know every position needs looked at, which it does. But which one is most important, especially since two is a lefty? I feel like he's saying he's wanting me to say right tackle, and I'm yeah. not going to do it. I'm going to say tackle. Period. Interior. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it 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 just depends. To me, I think they have enough guards on the roster. They can find two guards, whoever it's going to be, whether it be Jackson or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I feel like they're weaker at tackle. Now, Eichenberg is probably going to get one of those spots, whether it be the left side or the right side. So wherever he doesn't go, we need that other tackle. Sure. That's yeah. how I look at it. I agree. I see uh, a lot uh, out of Eichenberg this year that I liked. Obviously, he's, you know, fresh and made some mistakes, but I... Learning. Yeah, yeah I didn't dislike what I saw out of him. No. I, I, think, he's, I, I think he's a better football player than than the guy we drafted prior to him, Jackson. <laughs> I could tell you that much. And I think he's better than Jesse Davis. Yep. So, you know, I think he does – I think their best situation would be to move him to the right tackle position. But, you know, who knows? I don't know if he's a left tackle. I really don't. And you may see him move inside. You does just Hunt don't stay at guard. Maybe they move him to tackle. Again. I think who they knows? drafted right, which is, Eichenberg to be a guard, didn't yes. they? Yes. So, and that's that's to Mike's point that you know there's enough guys that can play that guard position on this team. To the, the tackle position by far is 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 the most important, and I I'd go center right behind that. You know the guards we've got plenty, we've got plenty of guys that can play that shit. You can move De- if you want Jesse Davis on this roster. I think he's a better guard than he is tackle. I'll be honest with you. I mean. There's a lot of guys on our roster, including probably Eichenberg, that's probably a better guard than they would be tackle. So there's there's plenty of talent there. I think one of the biggest Not talent, but plenty of bodies. I think one of the <laughs> yeah. biggest free agent offensive linemen is from New Orleans this year, and we just got their old offensive line guy as our yeah. as our OC. So Woo! that'd be nice, right? Connections, baby, connections. Gotta be connected. All right, McDaniel has mentioned that it's okay to take a step back on defense as long as the offense takes a leap forward. And then he asks, what does that mean for guys like X who want more money? I don't know that it means anything for X that wants more money. I mean, they're either going to pay him or they're not going to pay him. I think that's going to depend on what they feel his value is. Um, now, we all, we all think his value is rather high. Uh, so I think they're probably going to pay him what he wants or, or close to it. Um, so I don't know that it affects him. Uh, and as far as trading resources, you know, I don't think they're going to do a lot of trading, uh, especially trading players away. You're trying to build a roster, you know, you're, you're really not trying to take away from it. So unless they feel like a guy like Baker doesn't fit their system anymore, but you know, that's unlikely. Can I briefly add? That that was the one thing during the press conference that McDaniel said that I actively disagreed with. Agreed. Everything else, either I was very open to what he was saying or I absolutely agreed with. That was the uh-huh. one thing that I thought, no, I don't like that. Crazy. You don't want your defense taking a step back by no means. Or being no, okay with go it. forward. You want them to, yeah, right. You want them to improve. I mean, you know, it's not like we're talking about the 85 bears here, you know, that on defense. I mean, 
they were a solid unit, but you know we didn't make the playoffs with that unit, and they didn't play very well the first half of the season. They played playoff caliber football the second half of the season. You don't want them taking a step back at the expense of the offense. The offense, they've addressed a lot. We've talked about this. They got a lot of young offensive linemen. They drafted Hunter Long last year. They, they, they've invested in guys. You know, There's some positions that they've somewhat neglected. They drafted Waddle last year. So, so they're addressing the offense. These guys just have to play. They, and, and they have to get up to the level that the defense is at. And, um, you know, when you're trading players away, you're not getting, you're not getting the, the true value back for them. I, and, and even if we did do that, even if we get two number one picks for X-Man, right, if we do decide to trade them, do we trust in Greer to draft the right guys? Because we've, we've been down this road before over the last few years. And, you know, we're really not in any better a position than we were a few years ago. I mean, we have teams that we were on par with, you know, making the playoffs, making the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> ahead of us. And, you know, where are we right now? You know, we're home watching. As fans, Cincinnati. we're watching other teams. Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to see them trade, you know, guys that are really important to this football team. X-Man's the best corner in the league, as far as I'm concerned. He's the best corner in the league. I don't think there's a corner better than him, period. So if he needs to be paid that way, then damn it, pay the frigging guy. It's that simple. You know, just get it done. You know, quit, quit lally gagging and get the guy in. I mean, it's just that simple. Every other team does it. They keep their better players, their best players. You know, the guys that are basically at the top of their game at their position. Every other team does it. We need to do it. You know, we can't just keep having guys get traded or walk away from the team and then we start from scratch one and we, oh, we got all these draft picks. Yeah, but, you know, where are we at? You know, we're starting all over again. Until your defense becomes a headache to Josh Allen, you got to fix it. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. You know, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we did a good job against him, Mike, up in Buffalo. We did. You know, we we played extremely well up there. For three quarters, we held them down. But well, that's you know, you know, you you can't write. You know, Tennessee, same thing. You know, they they played for a while. When we played Kansas City last year, not yep. this past season, yep. we hung in there for a while. But you you don't ever want to take a step back on defense. You want them to get even better next year. You want them to be just absolutely above and beyond dominant. You know, we don't want any step backs in any kind of way because I don't see the offense taking a major step forward to to cover up the defense taking a step back. You know, I think, you know, they, they have to improve, but I don't think we're going to see like this major jump unless somehow some kind of way we get, you know, we sign like four great free agents, you know, across the offensive line and, and you know, maybe at receiver or whatever the case may be. But um Unless something like that happens, you know, then, you know, I don't see them making a great leap. Regarding the defensive coordinator, would you mind discussing if Boyer was a guy uh, the young head coach wanted as uh, his defensive coordinator? Or was he volunteered? Uh, Boyer was the DC of this team, despite coach wanting to bring in his own DC. Well, I, I think they tried to get Fangio, so he must have had some leeway to go elsewhere. But ultimately, they decided on Boyer. Yeah, and we have no idea why. You know, 
The reports say that it was Fangio, his target. We don't know if Fangio came in for an interview, if he turned it down. We know nothing except for Boyer's back and McDaniel gave him a a glowing report during the press conference. You know, we we don't know. We don't know how, you know, how much influence on bringing Boyer back came from upstairs, right? Because, you know, as much as we don't, we've, you know, we don't think this type of stuff happens from upstairs. I mean, it's obvious that it has happened over the last couple of years that there's influence upstairs. So, you know, that's a good word. Influence. What's that, Mike? That's a good word. Influence. Yeah, exactly. Influence. Um, so, you know, we, we just don't know what, what the situation was. Um, I think that they did want to go elsewhere. And as they looked around and the options kind of dwindled, you know, they felt like, well, you know what, let's bring a guy back. That's familiar, you know, and the guy that was probably kissing Greer's ass and, and Ross's ass, because obviously he wasn't on board with Flores and, um, you know, he's back. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's positive. All right, Daniel, I'm going to ask you this one, because if anybody's going to know it, you will. I surely don't. Uh, is there a quarterback worth drafting in the middle rounds to push to it? There's a, there was a comment in that thread when asked the question, the only, I would uh, agree with the only comment made about a quarterback, and that would be Carson Strong out of Nevada. The dude's got a huge arm. He's super talented, but I don't see him being there in the middle rounds. There are going to be a lot of quarterbacks that don't deserve to be drafted in the top two rounds, drafted in the top two rounds. Well, yeah, they're always over. Yeah, similar to how Kellen Mond got drafted and Davis Mills got drafted last year way earlier than they should have. We're going to see that happen again. I think if we're going to bring somebody in to push Tua, it's going to be a vet. Daniel, what's interesting, you, 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 you mentioned Mills, right? And me and Mike had a conversation about this the other day. I want everybody out there to go look at Mills' statistics last year. <laughs> Seriously. You know, Daniel, you can do it as well when you have some free time. I don't want to. Mills, with that Houston team's numbers, were this is going. slightly better than Tua's. Oh, so for all you Tua people out there, and I, you know, I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, be down and out on them, but you, everybody needs to go and look at those numbers. And when we talk about what Tua has to work with, just take a look at what Mills had to work with this year as a rookie and the numbers that he put up. You'll They're be surprised almost by identical. It. Almost identical. And, um, you know, Mil- uh, me and Mike were on the phone. I was driving in the car, and I hadn't looked at this. I said, Mike, why don't you look up this kid Mills' numbers last year? Because, you know, as I watched them from time to time, he looked pretty good, you know, as a rookie. Mike said, you know what, Lou? He, he wound up finishing just above Tua statistically. And I said, and look at what he had to work with. So for all, you know, all, again, all you Tua fans out there, you know, and what he had to work with, uh, Mills – did a pretty good job out there with not a lot to work with out in Houston. So, you know, some of it has to come back on the quarterback guys. You know, we can't keep blaming other situations. I don't know if you could say he did a pretty good job because if you say that, you're saying the same thing about Tua, right? And we Under the circumstances, Daniel. Under the circumstances. (laughs) Rookie with not a lot to – I mean, just a horrible – receiver-wise, running back-wise, not a lot of talent. But That's he, all he put up some yards, and he did some things that were definitely unexpected. 
All I'm saying is that I don't I don't really see us spending the draft capital in the middle rounds on a quarterback that's just going to be mediocre. If we're going to draft a quarterback to take over, I think we're going to draft somebody high. I don't obviously that's not going to happen this year, but uh, well, I who think will we bring be a Daniel? Bat not to cut you off, but who do you think will be there when we draft? How many quarterbacks are going to be taken in the first round? What, in your opinion, Boy, how many do you think's going? I. I would assume that at least three or four. Prior to us, drafting. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't okay. think that there's three or four that should be, but I there are three or four that have the upside that I, I could see three or four going before we get, we get there. But even so, I don't think that we, we take a quarterback. If there's one there, when we draft, at, what are we drafting, 29th? Is that where we're at or 30th? 20, we at? We're at 30th. 29th, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Right there. It's not 31 or 32. It's either 29 or 30. So if one of these guys is there, do you draft them? A guy, is there anybody that you think may go in the first round that if he drops to us is worth the shot taking there? Saying, oh my God, you know what? This guy is literally on the board. Do we take a quarterback? I mean, if is we're playing this game, there? if we're playing this game, I think Sam Howell has a, a chance to be a really good quarterback at the next level. But I, I just don't see it happen. And I think the the fan base would have an aneurysm if we well, took you a guy said at earlier, But you said you said earlier with your philosophy, right? You know that you take the best guy available if yeah. it is in fact a quarterback, which is the most important position. On the football field, do you take that? Do you take this fella if he's there? You know, if if do you do you take him? We need a backup, right? Anyway, you're not going to draft a rookie to be a backup, right? Well, Mike, it just depends. That's what I'm asking. I mean, is this guy that talented to where if there's a quarterback there when we draft that late, do we roll the dice and take take a quarterback? There? Well, I tell you, if Kenny Pickett is there at 29, mm-hmm. I, uh, breaking all of Marino's <laughs> records at Pittsburgh <laughs> right. and not being drafted earlier in the first round, the fan base is going to have flashbacks. And, the, uh-huh. you know, it's going to be like the clouds opened up and the sun parted, the seas parted, and all that stuff. But I, I just don't see it happening. I, okay. I think Pickett will go before then, How will go before then. Right. In the event that one of them is there, then there's a conversation to be had, but I don't see it happening. Gotcha. Okay. And for the sake of your exercise, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you do. I think you do yeah. take them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree, by the way. If you see a quarterback at spot 29 that you absolutely believe is going to be what you're looking for at quarterback, then yes, you take him. Yep. If you have the ability, Daniel, to, to, to trade up, Give up one of your number ones next year to move up and draft. You think Pickett's going to be the first guy to go? It's it's either going to be I think it's going to be Corral actually, but I right. think Corral, Pickett, and and uh, Howell will all be gone. I think Malik Willis will be gone somewhere there between twenty and twenty five. Mm-hmm. I think all four of those guys go. There's not another guy worth taking in the first round for sure. I I don't know that I think Pickett is going to be the best. Of the bunch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if if one of those guys is there, not named Malik Willis, I think you have to take him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you dra- I don't think you trade up for him because next year's quarterback class is even better. 
Yes. So yeah, yeah. if Tua struggles again this year and our new coach knows that this isn't the guy, then we have the capital next year to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. This is a little long-winded, but I'll read it. Um, Jones or Howard see a lot of discussions. Uh, one must go for money reasons. Personally, Jones appears to be more of a team player, not highly rated, but doesn't get the business Howard does. Uh, makes Howard look great, which he is, but after the contract tantrum by Howard and re- remembering the uh, deep backfield when Jones was hurt, I trade Howard for a solid cornerback and anything else I could get. No way. If I'm choosing not one so, of those uh, guys, it's X. I don't care how long the question is and how many times you <laughs> got to try to tell me it's Jones. The answer is X. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you move either one of them. I mean, you know, I <laughs> money. I, it, money's not major major issue in regard to our organization right now. I think that they can get X man signed in here. And people keep saying that Jones is so overpaid. You know, <laughs> that, that's a position in the NFL that people just don't understand how important it is. It's crazy, you know, to think that, you know, having two cornerbacks at the level that we have guys at, you know, that we, you know, if we, we need to choose between one or the other over money, they both have to stay. Yeah. It, it allows the rest of the defense to play and to do the things that they do. You know, of we can course. take a lot of chances for that reason. You take Jones or X-Man off the field, they're going to pick on the opposite side the whole damn game. You I have don't to care ask if yourself, if you, if you put Needham in Howard's position, exactly. what does that do to our defense? Or Destroys in Jones' position at that, right. Mike. Even if you put him in and replace a Jones, then oh. you weaken the, the nickel position as well. You, you know, you're hurting two positions back right. there. We all know it would be Noah. It would be Igbenogany out there, right? Okay. It probably would be. No, we obviously don't want to lose either one of those guys. You know, Jones is an amazing coverage cornerback. Yeah. Well, if you if you do lose either one of them, we go back to a previous question where we where the coach said, you know, the off uh, the uh, defense can take a step back as long as the offense takes a leap forward. Well, it's going to have to be a giant leap if you if you lose one of those corners. Absolutely, well, without a question of a doubt. If if we decide as as a front office to not cater to X's whims, give him the new contract he's looking for, then that comment by McDaniel makes a lot more sense. You watched Jalen Ramsey last night. He mm-hmm. got burnt countless times, and he was down on the he was down on the turf. On the final play of the game when Burrow got sacked, too, and Jamar Chase was wide open for a touchdown. Now, he's considered, by some, the best corner in the league. I'll take Howard. I will, too. I said it earlier. He's the best corner in the league. Pay the damn guy. Yep. Pay him. And, and Xavier, if you're listening, the fan base loves you. Don't go nowhere. Get what you need to get. I would think he'd want to stay. Don't you? I mean, unless he just not like Boyer at all. And he's just tired of Greer and Ross's bullshit. You know, I, I think he'd want to be here. I would hope so. I really would hope so at this point in his career. But I would understand if he wanted to leave. You know, if, if, you know, if he feels that they're never going to get to where he wants to get because he's, you know, he's making decent money right now. He wants to win. Yep. You know, and he deserves to win. Yep. You know, he's, you know he's, he's played at a high level now for what, the last – 
He got hurt the one year, but, you know, the three years around that, he's been fantastic. You know, he's he's had two injury-free years, right? The last two years, he's been injury-free. What did he miss? One game this year? I don't remember. I really don't remember. I don't think he missed any games this year. He may not have missed any either. games. I think Jones yeah. missed a game, right? right? If I'm not mistaken. But the point of the matter is, is that this guy deserves to win at this point. Every guy in the NFL deserves it. And I can understand if he wanted to go. If he feels this team is still another two, three years away from getting in the playoffs and him experiencing that type of thing, I'd understand him wanting to leave. But I think he wants to be here um, in, in, the, in the right situation. Of course he wants to get paid. He deserves it. Pay him. Yeah, I think so too. You got to also understand, though, the, the grass is not always greener. So... Yeah, Hopefully he does want to be stay. everywhere else yeah. or most Howard places <laughs> played 16 games this year and last year. Well, yes. Minka left and went to Pittsburgh and what have they won? Nothing. Right. They're a yep. franchise who's known for winning. And I mean, they've been in the playoffs, but what good mm-hmm. does that do you? Well, if you ain't I mean, winning the big dance, you ain't winning. Yeah. Playoffs though is still nice. It's still nice to get there. Daniel, Byron any Jones player will tell you that. Played 16 this year, 14 last year. Got to have them both. Agreed. All right, guys, before we close out the show, let's talk about yesterday's Super Bowl. What were your thoughts, Daniel? I'm going to tell you guys this, and it's probably going to make me sound like an asshole, but I really, I I typically try not to do that. You know what (laughs) I mean? I I typically try to be, you know, very kind, compassionate, but here's the thing. I did not want to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl. Sophomore quarterback taking his team to a Super Bowl. My guy didn't get to do it, so your guy shouldn't get to do it. Now, obviously, I love Burrow, and this, and the Cincinnati story is pretty cool. Don't try and make up for it now. I, it's it's true. I, I really do think <laughs> yeah. the Cincinnati story is really cool. I, there was so much talk before the draft last year that they should have taken an offensive lineman. Chase worked out great for him. But it was really cool to see Stafford get a ring. I think that man has put in his time in the league and he really deserved a ring. It was sad to see OBJ uh, slip that ACL again, but uh, I I thought it was a pretty damn good game. And I thought when the Bengals came out early in the second half, they had a chance to take a 14-point swing and would take that thing all the way home. But wasn't meant to be. Blue Gatorade on Sean McVay. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a guy get tackled by his face mask. <laughs> and I also seen a, a a ghost holding call in the red zone on that last yep. uh, drive for, for the Rams. But it is what it is. The Bengals made too many mistakes down the, down the road there, down the stretch. And uh, they had a couple of terrible play calls at the end of the game. And it, it cost them. So congratulations to the Rams and McVay and all those guys. Don, Darnold. Donald. Aaron Donald, uh, one of the best. He is. Oh, no doubt. I mean, think he's retiring? No. I I don't think he should. I mean, I think he should come back, you know, one more season, try to get another one because they they are a talented team. I mean, my goodness, you had a couple more pieces there, and uh, they're they're tough. I mean, well, they ain't getting another one. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the getting back to the uh, the calls, Daniel. You know, they kind of evened out because I mean, yeah. You know, the, the Bengals had one touch. One, they had one score the whole second half. And um, that was basically when the Higgins face masked Ramsey to the ground and caught a long touchdown. That was it. I mean, when you look at 
what happened in the second half. Rams defense just took uh-huh. control. They yep. just shut them down. I mean, you know, they third and one, even late in the game, fourth and one, you can't pick up a yard. And this happened over and over again. They sacked them, I think, eight times. They sacked Burrow eight times. You know, the defense took over. And you throw in the fact that the Rams were down Beckham, which, I, which was a major blow to them because he was killing them early in the game. Yep. Um, you didn't have Higby. And then the backup to Higby got hurt early in the game. They had a guy that very rarely played this year playing tight end. So they had Cooper left on the field. And to their credit, when the game mattered, Stafford and Coop just took the game over. And well, you can add in, too, that they couldn't run the ball. Oh, not at all. Neither team. I mean, Mixon Mixon did not have a good game either. And, you know, when San Francisco beat up on the Rams, they ran the football on them. And I was like, you know what? Cincinnati may very well run the ball with Mixon quite a bit and try and beat them that way. Not with that line. (laughs) Neither team was not a – neither team ran the football well. And it boiled down to who played the better defense. And in the end, you know, the Rams just stopped them over and over again. I mean, Daniel, you brought up the fact that when they got the turnover, they came out, they scored the quick touchdown, and they came back and had the quick turnover on the interception. They didn't get anything out of it. I mean, that was the turning point right there. I mean, that could have been, I was like, oh, shit. I said, they're in trouble. If the Bengals go in and score with Beckham not on the field, they're going to be challenged to score points because, as you mentioned as well, they they weren't able to run the football. And uh, it was going to rely solely on Stafford and trying to find other people to step up. And they really weren't doing it. Um, you know, it came down to him and Cooper in the end and, and they wound up winning it. Here's the thing for me that I hated down the stretch for the Bengals is how are you going to take your best running back off the field when you're trying to win the Super Bowl? They did it all the way through the playoffs where it was Samaj P. Ryan on third down oh, for yeah. one yard or these yes. little swing passes. And that's what happened at the end of the game. Yeah, You do not take Joe Mixon out of the game there, especially if you're going to give both of those touches to your running back. Oh, yeah, agreed. And, I and mean, then on I, the flip side, you, you nailed it. The Rams came out in the second half ready to play on defense. Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator, he's a name to watch in the future. Mm-hmm. Daniel, the other thing that you mentioned, and why do you say you don't think that the Rams will get back there? Why do you say that? Because it's so hard to win two Super Bowls back to back. I mean, you don't, you ha- you just don't see it now. You know, if if anybody was going to do it this year, right, it was going to be Tom Brady, and, right. and they didn't get it done. And you, I haven't seen a back to back Super Bowl title in seventeen years. I think is how long it's been eight eighteen years. It's two thousand three, two thousand four, right? It if is. I'm not mistaken, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's really the hard. The thing to do. is, though, what what plays to their advantage is the NFC really is weak. Mm-hmm. I think so, without just, a doubt. Even, you know, who, even who's so. Cha- who's their challenger, Daniel? Well, you've still got to look at San Francisco. You've still got to look at Arizona. I would be remiss if I didn't say if, if Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay, they're going to be right there. There's going to be some teams that are, are taking steps forward. I don't know that going into next season, there's somebody that I would pick over the Rams in the NFC. And nope. If I did, it, it would probably be a lie, but I do not think that they will make it back to the Super Bowl next year. Just going off of history. 
Yeah, I get right. Pain. All right, I, I get that, but they mm -hmm. have all the ability. Go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? Well, I think I just think it's much easier in the NFC for one team to sort of dominate than it is in the AFC. I I, I think that uh, the Rams, as long as they keep the team intact, I mean their defense is is more than you know more more than good, and I think San Francisco will take a step back. They you know they lost some coaches. And their quarterback position is, you know, is a little uh, up in the air right now. Um, you know, I think Green Bay has got all the talent in the world if Rodgers comes back to do it, if they add a few pieces. But the Rams have the pieces in place, and they can add. I mean, you got Robert Woods. If he comes back and Beckham comes back with Cooper, I mean, that, that trio right there, it's not going to be stopped. Solid. I mean, and, and Higby back. Is Stafford back? I mean, my Cam goodness. Fully Cam Akers fully healthy. I mean, they have everything that you would want. They have a good young head coach. So, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back there again. I really wouldn't be. They've already had two guys retire. Eric Weddle on the defensive side and Andrew Whitworth <laughs> uh, at the offensive tackle. Right. right. And they've got absolutely nothing as far as draft capital. So, uh, yes. It's going to be tremendously hard to make it back, but they definitely have well, the talent. I mean, obviously, they just want it. So What they'll do, Daniel, is they'll bring Waddle back in, in week 16. You know, they brought him <laughs> back, what, in week 14 this year? Uh -huh, sure. And they'll bring Whitworth back around the same time. Hey, guys, you want to go on another Super Bowl run because we're right there? And they'll be like, yeah, you know what? I I'll come back again next year. Why not? You know, get another ring. Sure, we'll do it. So, yeah, they, they lost those two, but, you know, they didn't have Waddle most of the season. And you're right, they don't have uh, a lot of draft capital there. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting. Yep. But good game, just the same. It was enjoyable. Commercials were fun. You know, the one with Larry David I thought was hysterical. You know, um, it was some good ones. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me this afternoon. You already know. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And uh, until next week, fins up. Thank you, fans. Fins up. Fins up, doll fans. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Podcast Network.